Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Miguel Gonzalez welcoming you once again to another program of Truth to Live By. Truth to Live By is the television and radio broadcast ministry of Reasons for Faith International Ministries. It is indeed a joy for us to be able to once again come into your home uh, or wherever you may be watching or listening uh, to us, uh, particularly today as we celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we think about Easter. Before we start, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much that we have the privilege to stand here and proclaim the good news of salvation that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for him. We thank you for the fact that he came into this world to die, but we thank you above all for the resurrection which confirms to our hearts and our souls that the payment was made and that you were satisfied by his death in our place. Father, as we uh, look at the scriptures today, may you speak to us loudly and clearly so that we may in turn be able to apply your word and live it in this lost and dying world. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, we are celebrating Easter and... Uh, uh, by way of introduction, I just want to make a few statements before we actually start looking at the passage we're going to be covering, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, I want to make us aware of the potential danger that there is for those of us who have been Christians for many years, for those of us who have celebrated Easter for many years, in that because we have celebrated Easter many times and we often talk about the resurrection, not only during Easter time but throughout the year, somehow, in some way, shape, or form, the importance of this Christian holiday uh, starts losing to some capacity its importance in our minds. We need to remember that Easter is, at least in my estimation, one of the most important, if not the most important, uh, uh, holiday, holiday that we celebrate as Christians because it is because of the resurrection that we know that the payment that Christ made to the Father by offering himself as a sacrifice in our place was accepted by God. The resurrection is the evidence that God's justice and holiness and righteousness was indeed satisfied apart from the resurrection and we'll get into this in in a little more detail but apart from the resurrection uh, the death or even the birth of Christ would not have the meaning that it has for us precisely because of the resurrection and another thing I want to uh, preface before I, uh, before we get into the message is uh, to remember that even in this country, though Christians are more and more experiencing persecution, we need to remember that we as Christians, although we may seem to be becoming the minority, and by that I mean the true biblical Christians, so there's a lot of people out there who claim to be Christians. There's a lot of people out there who, who, who when surveyed, will, will check the right box where they seem to imply that they know God and that they live for God and that, and, that, and that God is everything to them, but in their lifestyle they contradict the very thing uh, that they talk about. I'm talking about true Bible-believing, Christ-believing, uh, born-again Christians. 
for this is a requirement that Scripture places upon those who want to enter into a personal relationship with Christ. We must be born again. But I want to remind you also of the importance of standing our ground. I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, but over the last uh, decade or two, uh, Christians in this country are becoming ostracized and marginalized because it is the one religion that people have labeled as irrelevant and intolerant, and, 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 and in many cases, Christians are even regarded as, as using their faith in, in Christ as a crutch to handle their own life here on earth. It is amazing to me that we live in a society that embraces so many different religions, yet it amazes me that only Christianity is the one that is always under the microscope only Christians are the ones that are really criticized and made fun of. None of the other religious people who belong to other religions are. This is only Christians because there is a real threat to the world if the message of the gospel continues to go out and it is believed by people. For they will leave from their false religions and once for all enter into the one relationship with the one person who can actually save their souls. Listen, I am a Christian. I am a born-again Christian. I am a child of the living God. I claim the Lord Jesus as my Savior, my Messiah, as my God and my Lord. And I am proud of that, and I am not ashamed of saying that. And although I may be among a group of people who are looked upon as intolerant and bigots and critical and judgmental, uh, I take that criticism understanding that they fail to understand what it is that I truly believe. Because if they truly understood what it is that I believe and proclaim, they themselves would hold to the same beliefs that I have. Listen, in this day and age, it is imperative for Christians to stand firm on what the Bible teaches and to continue to proclaim that message without adding or detracting anything from it. I remind you, those of you who claim to be believers, I remind you that you have never been given the right to decide what it is that God said, what it is that he meant to say, or what it is that you want to believe or not want to believe. We are told in Scripture, we are given in Scripture God's revelation, and we must believe it, we must live it, and we must proclaim it unashamedly. It breaks my heart that so many people out there are embracing so many other religions that will do nothing but guarantee their condemnation. Christianity is not about a religion. In fact, the, the, we're going to talk about today the importance of Christ's resurrection. Christianity is all about the person whom we're going to talk about, the person whom was risen, and the person, the only person, who can provide us with real peace, real forgiveness, with eternal life, and the assurance of that eternal life. And of course, the one person we're talking about is the Lord Jesus.
Christ. So having said that, let's go ahead and start looking at the passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at today. And that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll be looking at verses 12 through 26. Uh, I will not read the entire passage now. I'll, I'll read them as we're going. But I do want to open by looking at verses 12, 13, 14, and 15. In this passage, this is what Paul said. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Verse 15, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, from the, uh, raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. So first of all, let's look at the theological consequences of no resurrection. There is a great deal to be said here of that text we just read. We're not going to be able to look at every single point, but we want to uh, uh, highlight the most important points so we can look at the rest of the passage that I mentioned we would look at uh, just a few minutes ago. First of all, let's look at the theological consequences of no resurrection. According to Paul in verses 12 and 13, he says that if there is no such thing as the resurrection, listen, then Christ himself has not risen. If it is an absolute truth that there is no such thing as the resurrection, then there cannot be an exception even for Christ. If there is no resurrection, Christ himself is still in the grave and has not himself risen. Now let me point out the importance of this, this uh, point Paul is making. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a cardinal doctrine of the faith. It's one of the essential doctrines of the faith. If you choose not to believe it, that is entirely up to you, and you can choose not to believe it. But because you don't believe it, or because you in a crowd doesn't believe it, doesn't mean that the resurrection did not occur. This is a cardinal truth of the Christian faith. In fact, if we deny the resurrection of Christ, we, we minus will close our Bibles, pack it away somewhere, and live life as we please. Because if Christ has not risen, then the Christian faith is non-existent, it means nothing, and it is indeed what people would say it is, nothing more than a crutch. This is central. You cannot deny the, the doctrine of the resurrection without inadvertently creating a domino effect which in turn takes down every other cardinal truth of the Christian faith. If the resurrection did not happen, let me give you an example. If the resurrection did not happen, then the Bible is not the inerrant and infallible word of God because the Bible tells us that he rose from the dead. Therefore, if he did not rise from the dead and the Bible says he did, the Bible is lying to us. Therefore, now we've toppled the doctrine of inerrancy and inspiration when it comes to Scripture. Now, if Christ did not rise from the dead, for example, here's another one. He is 
then not who he claimed to be, neither is he who the Bible claims to be. Remember, the Bible is not reliable anymore if, since it's already told us one lie. How many more lies does it have for us in it? But it, he's neither what the apostles and those who lived in the day of Christ claim he was. We strip Jesus of his deity if we deny the resurrection of Christ. Right there, and this is just an example, right there we've just toppled three of the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. If you take this way of thinking to where it will inadvertently take you, you will find out that all the other essential doctrines of the faith will have suffered the same result as the doctrine of the resurrection of Christ, and that is to say that it never happened. So if Christ did not rise from the dead, uh, Paul says in verse 14, then the preaching of the gospel would be meaningless. Now let's think about that. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then what I, what I am doing here right now is meaningless. It's a futile effort. I'm actually wasting my time, and the people who are involved with this ministry are wasting their time by doing this. Because the message that we proclaim is empty if you deny that the resurrection took place. The message is devoid of its essence, and the time we expend talking about it and proclaiming it is nothing more than a waste of time because then what we preach is false and it has the capacity to do nothing for its heroes. It is imperative that we understand the consequences of rejecting the doctrine of the resurrection of Jesus. And also he says in verse 14, listen, that faith in Christ would be worthless. Of course, that makes all the sense in the uh, all the sense. Period. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then placing our faith in Christ for our salvation is worthless, because He cannot save me. Why would I place my trust in Christ if Christ can do nothing for me? If Jesus died but was never risen, then that would t tell us that the Father, God the Father, was not, His justice and His holiness and His righteousness were not satisfied, and therefore Christ's payment for our sin is not accepted by God. And Christ is therefore still in the tomb and will remain in the tomb, and once again our faith in Him is absolutely worthless. Now listen. The faith that I'm talking about, or the faith that Paul is talking about, is the faith that saves our soul. This is what Paul is saying. Listen, if Christ did not rise, then the message is meaningless, and the Christ who we tell you to place your faith in is worthless. And we're talking about the faith that saves your soul. We're also talking about the, fa the faith that brings you peace with God. We're talking about the faith that makes prayer powerful. We're talking about the faith that brings you peace of mind. And you know what? I can stand here and tell you with all assurance 
that my faith in Christ is well placed. One, because I know he is risen. I know I serve and worship and proclaim the gospel of a living, resurrected Lord and Savior. And I know that because I have myself, along with millions upon millions of people all over the world over the centuries, I have experienced what faith has promised to give me, and that is salvation. I have experienced the peace of God. I have experienced peace of mind. I have experienced the power of prayer because my faith rests on the assurance that the Christ whom I believe is a living Christ. And then he says in verse 15 that another consequence of no resurrection is that all witnesses and all preachers of the resurrection are liars. In essence, those who claim that the resurrection never happened, those who deny that the resurrection never happened, in essence, are telling me this that when I stand here and proclaim the gospel of Christ, I am outright lying to you. They're calling me a liar because I claim to believe that the resurrection did happen. And folks, I'll tell you what, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty strong uh, uh, accusation, an accusation that I don't take lightly. I would not dare knowingly stand before you and lie to you by telling you that Christ is God and that he's risen from the dead because he satisfied the justice of God if it did not happen. For I would be placing my very soul in danger of hell. But from experience, I can tell you that I have experienced the things the Bible said I would experience as a child of God by virtue of my relationship with Jesus. Again, you don't have to believe in the resurrection. But if you choose not to believe that Jesus has risen from the dead, you have literally assured yourself of condemnation and assured yourself of a place in hell forever and ever. And listen, you don't have to go to hell. Jesus has provided a way out for you. Jesus has provided himself as that sacrifice. He was a substitute for you on that cross. He took upon himself the sin of the world, and he took upon himself the punishment of God in order to spare you the punishment and in order to give you a gift, and that gift is eternal life. You know what the alternative is? to that which I am telling you? The alternative is this, reject it all. Indeed, call me a liar. Tell me that I'm wasting my time by preaching this to you. But I remind you of the alternative. The alternative is what's out there in the world. And let me tell you something, folks. If I have to choose between life with Jesus and hopelessness out in the world, and I don't have to tell you what that looks like, you live in this world. You read the newspapers every day. You see the newscasts every day. You hear the stories 
about things that are happening all around you. If I am to either choose that or choose what God says is true from Scripture, I will go with this any day because let me tell you, as the time grows closer to the end of the world, we're seeing, we're seeing darkness. Man without God is absolutely hopeless. But let me keep going. Those are the theological consequences of no resurrection. Now let me give you the personal consequences of no resurrection. We're looking at verses 16 through 19. Listen to what Paul says. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than men. Let me tell you, I've only got a few minutes left, so let me get to the point. These are the personal consequences of denying the doctrine of the resurrection. First of all, he says that all men are still in their sins. That's what he said in verses 16 and 17. If Christ never rose from the dead, then I am still in my sins. My sins have not been forgiven. My sins have not been dealt with. And I will still have to make payment for my own personal sin. If there is no risen Christ, there is no salvation. Because there's nothing I can do to make a, an appropriate payment to God to satisfy his justice because of my personal sin. But in verse 18, he also says this, that all those who died and were believers in the Lord Jesus have eternally perished. They are not in heaven today. They are not in the presence of God. They are actually in hell because they died in their sin and therefore there was no salvation made possible for them. And let me tell you something. You do away with the doctrine of the resurrection, you've done away with all hope. And the grave has become a place of utter despair. And the promises of heaven that are given to us in Scripture are all but lies. But here's the third consequence, he, he, personal consequence uh, Paul talks about. In verse 19, Christians would be the most pitiable people in the on the earth listen if jesus did not rise from the dead but i've placed my faith in jesus this is what paul is saying i am one to be pitied you should have pity on me for believing in the resurrection because my faith is futile it means nothing and i am absolutely still in my sins well we're running out of time so i want to close by saying this Look at verses 20 through 26, and you will find that the resurrection did occur, that Christ has risen, and that we will be risen to be like him, and that Christ will reign forever. Now, this is the question I have for you in light of what we've talked about, and believe me, we could have spent five, we could have developed five or six lessons just to cover this material, but this is all we have. Here's my question. In light of the fact that the resurrection is real and true, and it is a miracle that did happen, in spite of the fact that many uh, don't believe it, that doesn't discount the veracity. Let me ask you this question. Does Christ reign in your 
heart. You must make a decision about whether you believe Jesus is who he claimed to be. You must decide whether you believe that the resurrection happened, and that decision will determine the outcome of your life. Does Christ reign in your heart? Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory and praise, for it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.